It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That, of course, is 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, and anywhere across the country. If you download the Radio Player Canada app and type in one of those two coordinates as well as E-L-M-N-T-F-M and then listen on your device of choice 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Well, it's a pleasure to welcome back to Moment of Truth, Sky Bridges, the Chief Operating Officer of the Aboriginal People's Television Network, or APTN. And we are here speaking with Sky about a very special week happening at APTN for Indigenous Day Live. Of course, that is something that APTN has been doing since about 2007, and it's been growing every year. But of course, this year is different, like so many other things, because of COVID-19. And uh, their Indigenous Day Live is actually several days from the 21st to today until the 25th of December. And it's a pleasure to have Sky on the show with us. Sky, welcome. It is so great to be here with you today. And I'm so excited to talk about what we have planned for Indigenous Day Live this year. You know, uh, we, we are also hearing the ads here on the station about Indigenous Day Live that APTN has going on. And it sounds like such a great lineup, Five, you know, from the 21st to the 25th with some fabulous artists. And I understand not just performing artists either. No, I mean, uh, we have all kinds of, uh, of artistry that will be taking place, even right down to our hosts and, and the type of outfits that they're wearing that mm. is created by Indigenous artists. I mean, this truly is a show that is a reflection of the incredible creativity of all of Indigenous artistry across this country. So, Sky, as you started to put this together for this year uh, and for this time of year, uh, the winter solstice kind of thing, what what were you guys thinking because of, of just the way the, the year had been unrolling for us? Yeah, you know, we really had to pivot and, and change with the show as many organizations have uh, with the impact of COVID. We weren't able to have our show to acknowledge the summer solstice mm. and, and the actual day of National Indigenous Peoples Day. Right. So uh, with that, uh, really the next uh, step was is figuring out, well, you know, when can we resume production again? Mm. Because we were, in, we were in lockdown, even being able to have um, a show even without an audience was a challenge. Mm. And so we finally found a window of time where it was possible. And we did pre-taping uh, starting into uh, October and into November uh, and pre-packaged a show which we're so excited to share with everyone starting on the winter solstice. <laughs> I can well imagine those conversations about trying to find that window and then saying, go, because we got the window of opportunity. Let's get this done. Uh, that must have meant quite, about, uh, quite a bit about uh, scheduling as well as getting the team in place that, that gave you that window of opportunity as well. Absolutely. You know, I think spirit was with us because... Mm. When we started doing running the taping at the end of October and the window that we had to complete it, restrictions were coming back down the line again. We literally mm. just wrapped up our production right before new restrictions were coming in that would have prevented us from finishing. So I think uh, Spirit was behind us on this one to create the show. Uh, it sounds like good planning as well. I think you guys probably figured <laughs> there'd probably be some, some further lockdowns coming and, and to take advantage of the time that you had. Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, you know, uh, a lot of this, uh, you know, it's been something that we've never been through before. Yep. I mean, certainly there is a dedicated team that they just did a phenomenal job in navigating 
um, all the challenges. And even when we were running the production, uh, you know, we made sure that everybody was safe. There was uh, social distancing and expectations uh, for the production as for um, everyone in the industry. And, uh, you know, uh, I have to say it, uh, it was a different taping, but mm. everybody was safe. And we still are able to bring something to our community during a time when we all need to feel uplifted and connected. Right. So, Sky, today was the first day that uh, you you actually brought some of this to the audience. It it went live uh, today, earlier in the day, and again at 5 p.m. But for those people that missed what was going on today, on the 21st, that's going to go up again tomorrow on Lumi. Uh, The 22nd, it's going to be streaming on your APTN Lumi service. That is correct. So 24 hours um, after the airing the next day, it is available on our uh, subscription video on demand service, APTN Lumi. Mm-hmm. And we have a basic tier and then we have a premium tier. So you can sign up for free as a basic member, uh, which we do have content available and Indigenous Day Live will be on there. So uh, you'll get access to it for free. Of course, though, you're encouraged. I have to say there's a lot of great content and for only four ninety nine a month, you can join uh, uh, Lumi and get all of APTN's amazing yeah. content. And, and that's a fabulous price, as you, as you mentioned. So, you know, we've teased people enough, I think. We've given them the know what's going on. And every day, uh, as we say, every day up until the 25th, you're going to have shows that are going to be running at those two time uh, frequencies, correct? Uh, in the morning and then later on in the afternoon. And you're going to have different time zones for, for people that right across the country. That's right. Right across the country, depending on where you're at, because APTN, you know, we have our different feeds. We have our our Western feed that serves Western Canada, Manitoba to BC. And then we have the Eastern feed, Ontario to the Maritimes. And then we have our Northern feed for the Northern Territories. And of course, we also have our HD channel. So if you subscribe Mm. uh, to the HD package through your cable or satellite provider, you'll get access to that channel. And uh, so there's various different times. Uh, for you to catch it but uh looking at toronto uh, if uh, you're looking there at the feed there at uh, you know 11 and five o'clock uh is where you will uh, find the show airing right now we should tell people a little bit about some of the artists that you have like for instance on today's show atlantis morissette uh, uh jeremy dutcher wow you know you've got some great people lined up we do i mean i go on and on i mean we've got you know carolina east yeah. donna Merrow, uh, bb and you know, Alan Doyle, I have to say, you know what, there is something for everyone here. And what's really cool, I think everyone is going to also appreciate is we have spread those performances throughout all of those five episodes. So every episode that you watch, you're going to get to see uh, songs from a variety of artists and, and, and kind of rolling through the week in that manner. So you're not watching their uh, one artist's full performance. You'll see a part of it in some of their songs, and and it's all interwoven throughout the five episodes. I noticed that. Yes, that's that's a great uh, way to do that. So people get a little bit of the artists e- each of the days that they're on. But like we said, uh, let's talk a little bit about how you package this because of, uh, like you said, it's not just about the performances. It's about the host. It's about what they're wearing. It's about some of the backgrounds that are going to be seen in in the show as well. Yeah, absolutely. And so it was really interesting this year because I mean. Normally, you know, of course, this is an outdoor concert. So this is an indoor format, which allows you to take a different approach in terms of the staging and and how everyone is presented. And I think, you know, the production has done an amazing job. I think the stage looks incredible. And uh, with that, you know, we have various um, Indigenous artists who contributed to the visual representation of what you see behind the artists, uh, as also well as the, the hosts as well in terms of 
of, of what they're wearing. And, you know, the other, you know, aspect uh, of it, of course, that I, I think uh, uh, really kind of comes through still is just the, the energy of the artists, even though, um, you know, we don't have an audience. Uh, I have to say all the artists were incredible in terms of their performance and really kind of being able to bring it and speaking to the audience that's going to be uh, watching it from home. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And if people want to find out about the scheduling, they can go to uh, they can go to APTN, of course, uh, CA slash schedule, but they can also go to indigenousdaylive.ca, correct? That's correct. Yeah. And, and also just to answer you a part of your, your question there in terms of, you know, putting it together and the artists yes. always every year, uh, what we focus on is finding representation of Indigenous artists across the country. And, you know, we had a little bit of the uh, the challenge because when we were in production, there were bubbles where, you know, we had three different uh, taping locations. And uh, of course, there's travel restrictions. Uh, and so I, I still say that with that, we still achieved having a representation of uh, Inuit, Métis, First Nation, uh, and right across the country, balanced male, female, and genre artists. I mean, you know, it's incredible, really, um, that we pulled it together with the restrictions we have to still represent all of the incredible talent across this country. So, Sky, how would you say that this celebration that you have put together for the winter solstice is different than previous years? So, I mean, certainly, you know, we don't have uh, the uh, the live audience portion and kind of that outdoor, mm-hmm. you know, gathering yeah. and, and gathering in a way that Indigenous people, you know, are used to doing, sure. whether that's, you know, powwow or, 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 or community gatherings. But I think that what makes this, you know, so unique and different this year is, you know, the uh, the energy is still with us in terms of we still can connect. We can connect through digital means. Uh, and, you know, I'm grateful that we have that ability and to invite uh, uh, the artists into everyone's homes. And so I think, you know, having this show continue on and spread out over five days through the holidays, I think is really going to serve our community well and being able to connect our artists, which is, you know, music to me is medicine. And at this time, uh, we really need some more medicine. Mm. Uh, yeah, you're quoting uh, Derek Miller there, are you, with his his song, Music is the Medicine? Is... <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, uh, probably a little bit, yes, for sure. Shout out to him. But I think, you know, my, my elder also talks so much about, you know, how uh, music is medicine. But, uh, for sure. you know, I mean, we all do. And, and, and without the artists, I, I mean, I don't know where we where we would be. So it's it's so great that this show is going to continue on, even though we have the challenges that we find ourselves in right now. Mm. And it's it's said that uh, you're kind of paying homage or, or a little bit of honor to the the uh, uh, Indigenous Day, you know, for for the summer solstice because uh, you weren't able to do that this year as well for for this year. That's right, you know, and so it's almost I think you know quite something in a way that although you know we're not paying homage to the summer solstice that we're doing it for the winter solstice. And, uh, you know, so it's still a very significant day in the culture of many in, mm. you know, indigenous people across, you know, it's when we step away from having a day with 
um, the most amount of darkness mm. and we move into having more daylight each day. And I, I think that there's just something quite profound in that in terms of us finding ourselves here and celebrating our culture in this way. You know, I think in some ways this this makes a, a, a lot of sense to have it around the winter solstice and at this time of year, uh, just because um, we, we're more closed in, uh, you know, the, the earth is sleeping, it's a time for teaching, it's a time for sharing, it, you know, it's, it's not a bad time to do this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, this is when our ancestors, you know, would be, uh, uh, you know, be more sedentary uh, mm. for, for at least many of the communities, you know, in Turtle Island that are more towards the winter climate. And, uh, you know, so I think for us right now, it's a time of being, you know, grateful uh, still for the things that we do have that we still um, are able to connect. And I know that for many, you know, it is a hard time this time of year. And so, I guess that's kind of why I kind of say, you know, with uh, music is, is medicine and, and, and we look, I look forward to everyone gathering and, and, and sharing with our artists, though, uh, to express ourselves at this time and, and still know that there are some things for us to be grateful for and to celebrate for. Yeah, absolutely. So, Sky, just to, to recap, it's uh, from today until the 25th on APTN and f- people can find out more by uh, going to indigenousdaylive.ca uh, to get the schedule or you can go to APTN and, and uh, find out more there as well. So, indigenousdaylive.ca and if you scroll down and if you actually connect uh, on one of the one of the days, if you just click on it, it expands and shows you the time zones that it's going to be aired at uh, each day, as well as uh, giving you that connection to uh, APTN Lumi, where you can go and, as you say, you can join for free and, and watch it there, or you can also upgrade to the uh, the paid service for only four ninety nine a month uh, and get and get all those other services that APTN provides as well. You have it, my friend. You got it all perfectly. <laughs> well, you know, uh, what a great, it's so great. I mean, uh, normally I think in the summer it's only a one-day thing, is it not? That's true. Yeah, normally it uh, is all hold on one day, and we would have about you know anywhere from a three to a four hour live broadcast. And uh, so we kind of thought you know instead uh, with everyone, a lot of people being at home over the holidays, uh, to maybe spread it out out through the week. Mm. Uh, and uh, so uh, we will we will definitely have something to look forward to each day uh, while uh, we're spending some more time at home. Absolutely, Sky. It's been such a pleasure having you on the show. I want to thank you for taking uh, time out of your busy schedule to speak with us about uh, the APTN special winter edition of Indigenous Day Live, which is actually five days of great performances, wonderful artistry from many different uh, areas, as well as uh, great hosts as well. Absolutely, and a big miigwech to you. Thank you for your time today. Our pleasure. Take care, and let's uh, let's talk again soon with more about uh, APTN and things that will be coming up. And that's this part of the program. Please don't go away because we're going to be right back with a couple of guys from Six Nations talking about a fabulous lacrosse book they have put together, which is a literary project that they put together, 400 pages. You don't want to miss it. Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That's 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, anywhere across the country. Download the Radio Player Canada app and type in one of those two coordinates, as well as E-L-M-N-T-F-M. Then listen on your device of choice 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And with me here in the studio, I have a couple of members of the Six Nations community 
I have with me uh, Brenner Jacobs and Brendan Bombery, and they're here because they have uh, been working on a project for quite some time, and it's not just any project. It's actually uh, a literary project, and it's not a small literary project that they have been working on, I have to tell you. It's uh, related to the game of lacrosse, something they're both very familiar with, and also it's, it's, it's a very in-depth project that they have been putting together and that is partly through the Ontario uh, Native Literacy, Literacy uh, Coalition that they have been working on through this. So, uh, first of all, I want to say Scandal Sago and uh, welcome to the show, guys. Uh, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you very much for having us. Excited to be here. Yeah, it's great that you're here. Listen, um, you know, I, of course, I had a, a chance to look at the project you guys have been working on. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, and, and it, like I said, it's not a small project mm-hmm. that you guys were doing. And so congratulations, first of all, for completing it. What a great what a great job you guys did. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we appreciate it. It's something that, um, you know, it's 400 pages long now, but, you know, we never in a million years would expect it to be that long. You know, we thought <laughs> we were getting into kind of like a, you know, maybe 100 pages, if mm. that. But, you know, it definitely grew over time to something you know, pretty big. So take us back and tell us about how this all got started. It's part of this literary uh, course that you guys were involved with. So, so take us back and tell us, uh, first of all, why did you, why did you need to do this literary project? Uh, so, um, I was approached back in, uh, September of 2018 and, uh, uh, our boss, uh, Michelle Davis had this vision for, uh, a lacrosse book or, uh, an indigenous sporting book. And, um, she thought I would be the perfect uh, person for the job, and uh, I've been uh, involved in lacrosse almost all my life, and I've uh, you know really taken to the game. And it, the game itself has given me a lot of opportunities to do a lot of things that you know I wouldn't other otherwise be able to do. But uh, when she approached me, uh, she had this vision for this book, and uh, uh, it was kind of like um, she wanted my opinion on how we were going to build this, how we were going to build this story. Uh, and for me, I think uh, uh, when we talk about lacrosse, like it's not really a big sport. It's not really, you know, taken to the mainstream, uh, unlike uh, others like hockey, basketball, football, and things like that. But uh, honestly, like, as soon as I got into the project, it was like... Wow, I can I, I, I can shape this uh, how how I want this to be, and uh, when I start thinking about lacrosse, I start thinking about uh, you know where it comes from. Uh, it's a traditional Haudenosaunee game, uh, means a lot to my people. But it's also like slowly uh, picking up around the world, and uh, people are picking up the uh, lacrosse stick uh, all over the planet now. Like uh, there's uh, uh, national teams being represented in Asia and Africa. Like in Europe, so like this game is like slowly starting to pick up and like gaining a lot of traction and a lot of recognition. So uh, when I first started the book, uh, I wanted to, I really wanted to dive into uh, our Haudenosaunee teachings and like really try and uh, explain uh, to our readers like where the game kind of came from uh, to us uh, and sharing our uh, traditional uh, creation story and uh, along with stories on how we got the game. And you know, as the as the project continued to carry on, 
uh, you just start like hearing all these lacrosse stories going on all around the world. And uh, so I was lucky enough to go over to the Alice Hrabeski tournament uh, in the uh, Prague Czech Republic in the, uh, April of 2019. Mm-hmm. And... My world was uh, absolutely blown. I couldn't believe, like, I, I honestly thought I was going over there. And all these guys would be like, you know, the, the talent level wouldn't be as high or, you know, these guys wouldn't be in the same physical shape as you would see guys around here. <laughs> right. But, oh, my God, like, the uh, tournament was an absolute blast. And they have, like, 2,000, 3,000 people fill this outdoor stadium. And it's just a celebration. And it's like... Uh, it really got me thinking back to like you know where lacrosse came from, how it was a really a, a community gathering within our own people, and like uh, just the similarities between that. So I start thinking like about the similarities between uh, how we see the medicine game and what what does that medicine game mean to other people uh, around the world. Uh, so that became a big uh, theme within our book, um, and yeah, again like. Uh, uh, time moved on, um, and I think I was in the project for about a year, and I had all these like I had all these ideas uh, bouncing off uh, the walls, like how I wanted to carry on, or uh, what uh, people I wanted to uh, include in the book or try and get into the book, and it just started getting overwhelming, you know, and like there was more, like more and more work piling up, and like more and more things I wanted to get to, and I was like, oh yeah, I definitely, I definitely think it's time to get some help, and it just so happened, uh, uh, Brendan here was uh, finishing up graduating Syracuse, uh, and. Uh, uh, we approached him, and like he was like uh, all about it. He was, he was, he was like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I honestly, I can't say at first I was. I was just finishing up school. Um, obviously, you know, finals, papers, all the things that come with finishing school. You know, I was, you know, exhausted really from doing all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, they kind of they bugged me for a while to do it, and kind of emailing, texting me those kind of things. And I finally agreed to take a meeting and. You know, one of the first things that Michelle told me was that this is a, a, a literacy project that will be helping, you know, adult adults become, you know, more involved and want to read uh, this book mm. that will, you know, help build their literacy. Obviously, as Indigenous people, mm. that's one of the not, – not a strong suit for us, I would mm-hmm. say. And so, you know, right from there, I was hooked. Mm. Um, so – you know, anytime I can kind of give back and, and do things uh, to help my people, you know, I'm all about it. So that really caught my attention. Right from there, I was hooked. Um, I think that, you know, we look at this game as a medicine game and, you know, we, we, we thought this book would be medicine. And that's exactly what it was. It's medicine for these people to, mm. you know, want to read and want to better themselves to kind of, you know, maybe they didn't have, you know, maybe they had to leave school early to go help work and help their family you know there's i know there's a lot of people that are like that you know my my great-grandparents were in that same position you know they didn't get to finish all their schooling because they had to go and help on the farm and do things to help their family help them survive so you know obviously they you know they they struggled they obviously didn't like school in the first place but you know it was hard for them and it was obviously uh, they had to leave the reservation to go and do that so it was tough for them so you know to be able to kind of give back and kind of give them a reason to want to read again and and Mm. And trying to build their literacy is something that, you know, I couldn't pass up. So the idea, and, and of course, picking the game of lacrosse, which is, is part of the Haudenosaunee hereditary, uh, you know, beliefs and, and following and, and just comes right through the Six Nations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, 
Uh, so, so Brenner, as you were saying there, uh, the fact that you started looking into the game of lacrosse and you started to realize there was more and more and more that, that was piling up on you around the, the idea of writing around lacrosse. Not only the going back even to the, like you said, the creation story and, and pulling that and then following it right through, you found about how, how on an international scale the team has, is becoming more and more important right around the globe. And we know that lacrosse is becoming a big issue right around the globe for, mm. for people, and it's uh, really becoming quite the game. Mm. Um, it, you know, it should be an Olympic sport as far as I'm concerned, yeah. and hopefully it will be one day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can, I can well imagine when you were going through this process thinking that it was going to be a, a smaller project because, <laughs> like you said, it's 400 pages. It, it, it turned out to be a huge project for you guys. Mm. You know, a 400-page book is not a small undertaking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's funny because, like, uh, uh, like we said, like when we started this book, like it wasn't supposed to be anywhere near what it's gotten to today, and it's like, and it just happened through, uh, uh, you know, uh, you interview somebody, and something else would come up, and this other theme would come up, and I think that's how we kind of developed our uh, like our three themes uh, within the book, and that's how kind of how we uh, uh, separated our stories and these themes of like. Uh, academic intellectuality uh like spirituality mm. and then like emotional well-being uh, continued to show up like that's how the like that's what the medicine game uh meant to these people and like we were able to like uh, pull from that and like come up with these uh like these well-arching themes that would be uh like like that could really tell um you know really tell the story about how these people have uh you know, persevered through their own lives and through their own challenges uh, to get where they are. You know, you mentioned the three areas of, of the book that you, you take people through. And I, I it, it was really cool that you started with the creation story. So you, you give the background, you, you, you know, you give mm-hmm. that history and you follow it right through. But as you say, then you take it into other areas. You start interviewing uh, other people around the sport, what does it mean to them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you interview some players, you interview some people from the community, right, mm-hmm. and, and you get their reflections on this as well, which really is, is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you flesh it out by moving it, like you said, into the international uh, area. But you also dedicate this book to people, and you, 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 you go out even outside of the game of lacrosse, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so... <laughs> When you were going through this process and you were trying to get your head around how to formulate all this stuff that you were getting exposed to, because I can well imagine it must have been really fascinating and it must have been a real learning experience for you as well. well. Definitely. And um, yeah, like I said, it's like um, when you go back to our traditional teachings, uh, um, that will say like well, when we, whenever we're coming together or whenever we want to you know, uh, talk about something, it's always important to give thanks before mm. uh, before. You know, mm-hmm. you put forth mm-hmm. what was what's meant to be, but uh, saying that uh, we wanted to go back to that and we wanted to honor, like you know, uh, where we come from. Uh, me and Bomber, we, uh, we both uh, grew up, uh, you know, learning our language through. Uh, uh, I went to the Galeno school, mm. uh, and like uh, being able to pick up my language growing up is uh, something that means a lot to me, and I, that's something I really wanted to. Uh, you know, I think the both of us really wanted to get through in our book and mm-hmm. like share that, uh, share our culture more. Because uh, uh, when I when I was looking at other lacrosse books, um, 
you know, they kind of touch on where the game come from and like uh, how the game came to be, but they don't really, um, you know, uh, you know, it's not really a deep dive into it. Yeah. And we really wanted to try and get that like first hand storytelling as well. And that's something we want really wanted to pay homage to in this book as well as that oral storytelling that's like prevalent within like so many indigenous communities. Yeah, they know the surface and they don't really know the, the deep ins and outs right. of it. And I right. think that's what we wanted to bring out to people and kind of to share that because, you know, like. Like people over in Europe and all those places, they, they know the history of the game. They know where it comes from. Right. They don't know the essence of it. They don't right. know the deeper meanings. Yes. So it was important for us to kind of bring that out. And we didn't want to just bring that out through like our personal experiences because, you know, there's lots of other people out there that have the same experience with us. Maybe they're a little bit different, but, yeah. you know, they kind of have that same meaning. So we wanted to bring that out through their stories to kind of show people, you know, what that game means and where it came from and how much it means to our people. Mm. Okay, before we go any further, you're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That's 95.7 in Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, anywhere across the country. If you download the Radio Player Canada app, type in one of those two coordinates, as well as E-L-M-N-T-F-M, and then listen on your device of choice 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And uh, a special Element FM uh, moment of truth for you today, coming from Six Nations, and I have with me in the studio uh, Brenner Jacobs and Brendan Bombery, and they are the two people that put together a book on lacrosse. And uh, guys, what's, it's, it's a medicine book about, a medicine, medicine uh, teaching about the game of lacrosse, and um, speaking of that, the name. Uh, it's called Aquaji Lake Goa. Aquachilagoa, yeah. yeah. And in the uh, Mohawk language, it means, uh, it roughly means like my big family. Yeah. And of course, speaking of that, that's the other thing that you guys put in the book is language. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you use some translation of that into the English as well so that you get both of those things. You, you initially talked about this book as a way to help people in the community learn and read. But it's, it's much more than that now, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, that's what it, it kind of started off. Like we said, it kind of started off as a small project yeah. where we're kind of reaching around. You know, we thought we were sending uh, some books up to some northern indigenous communities oh, where yeah. they can be able to read. Yeah. And then it kind of grew. You know, each person that we interviewed, you know, we heard a name that, oh, we had to get that guy. You know, uh, yeah, that guy's important. <laughs> so, you know, we got him. And then we would go to another one and then he would mention – a. A woman that was involved. I'm like, mm. we got to get her. Yeah, right. Like that's how, and it just kept growing and growing and growing. And eventually, it kind of got like, you know, we went to the World Games in Peterborough, and we got you know some amazing interviews from you know people in uh, one specifically Patrick Oriana in, in Africa, and you know the, everyone there kind of explained how excited they were to kind of read this book and kind of see the deeper meanings of it. So you know, we knew that we wanted to put forth something that you know was going to reach a you know, a world scale mm. um, and, and, and really interest those people. Um, and that was important to us. Um, and I think that, you know, I think that's something that we, we really try to accomplish there. Well, I think you guys have done a wonderful job in accomplishing what you did. Um, and I guess in a relatively short period of time. Uh, two years. Uh, <laughs> yeah, two but, years, you know, 400 you know, pages, yeah, that's a, that's, 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 it's a lot to put together, <laughs> especially with everything that you guys pulled in here, you know? Even uh, Arnie Jacobs, right? You, you, the, oh, yeah. the artist. I mean, you, you got Amazing. a great artist Amazing. involved with this as well. Yeah, him and Bill Paul as well. Yeah. What, 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 like, amazing works of art, like, throughout the book. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. And the, the, like, uh, they just suit the book so well. <laughs> I think that's, like, uh, something else, too. You know, it's, uh, like, 
uh, including these indigenous artists mm. uh, within this book as well. Uh, you know, trying to make this uh, book, uh, you know, as indigenous made as we could, you know, possibly do it was like uh, I think that's important as well. Is like providing opportunities for our own people. Mm. Uh, especially like here at Six Nations, especially uh, taking care of one another. And I think uh, that's another uh, uh, theme that comes up within the book as well, is like taking care of one another and mm. creating that family atmosphere. Mm. And like Bomber was saying, it, I think uh, like I think we also wanted to um, uh, dedicate this kind of thing to the lacrosse community, like mm. this growing community. Uh, we've been a part of it for so long that, uh, you know, we have so many friends within this game that I think that's where the book uh, name comes from as well, that my big family, uh, we all feel so close with all these people. Like some of my closest friends I've met through the game of lacrosse uh, and like I haven't always played at Six Nations, so I have a lot of friends everywhere, like like a, a lot of places around the world and I've been able to make friends uh, with uh, like people from, you know, all over the globe uh, again. And even if you don't know them, you talk about and it comes mm. out lacrosse. It's instant connection. Right. Like it's mm. like the lacrosse community is so small, and I think that's something that's so special about our game is that you know, it's like Brett Baron said, it's not like basketball, it's not like football, it's not like hockey. And not that I know of, but those sports don't have a cultural connection. Mm. Um, mm. You know, lacrosse yeah. has that deep cultural connection yeah. that people can. You know, they might not you know be indigenous, yeah. but you know they can kind of see that, feel that, and appreciate that. And that's what makes our game so special. Yeah, absolutely. For mm-hmm. sure. That cultural connection that you talk about. And I, I can really see, and, and, and you guys should be proud about this, and I can see it in your faces that you're, <laughs> you're very proud about the work that you've accomplished. And, and congratulations, as I, as I said again, because you did a great job uh, in, in so many ways, as I said, you know, right from the artistry to getting uh, uh, people involved even going beyond lacrosse and going beyond the borders of Turtle Island and getting other people uh, and their uh, uh, their uh, their approach, even even women. Now, you know, let's talk about women and lacrosse because I remember lacrosse used to be a men's game. So, what what happened? What changed? You know that that was that was an important part for us. Um, you know, uh, my family is very deeply involved with the women's game. You know, mm. my my grandma. Played, my aunts played, my mom mm. played, my sisters played, and it was always a a um, it was in our traditions and culture that you know that you know women weren't supposed to play this game. They weren't supposed to touch the wooden stick. Um, they weren't a part of the medicine game, and all the these things, which you know they still respect. They're not they're not doing anything wrong by going mm. out and playing mm. in a game. You mm. know they're playing. They're not playing. I know we call it a medicine game, but it's not the traditional medicine game that they weren't meant to play. And that's what our tradition, you know, and culture is held. So, mm. you know, for them, they're going out and playing a game that, you know, although it is medicine for them, yep. like I said, it's not the traditional medicine game. But, you know, that's important for them to, you know, have those opportunities as well because, you know, they are just as skilled and just as good as the men are. And, you know, I've seen that firsthand. Um, you know, my, my grandmother, there's a story in, in the book that I, that I talk about with her. Um, you know, she's really the person that kind of spearheaded the whole Haudenosaunee lacrosse, mm. women's lacrosse movement, and then the national, mm. um, you know, our national team for them. And, um, you know, she's done some amazing work, and I, I couldn't be more proud and so happy that I was able to have her perspective because I feel that that was, you know, one of the most important things for us is, is getting that exposure to the women and, and showing them the respect and, and, and things that they deserve because, you know, they've they've gone through so many things um, you know, trying to be able to play and, you know, withstood, you know, criticism from our own communities, 
um, to play a game that they love, you know, and that that's you know that's heartbreaking really to hear about. But you know, we're we're hoping that you know our, this can kind of change people's views and know that you know that we can evolve and and we can evolve, but we can all still respect and follow our own traditions and our old cultures, you know, and and really keep following those things. Mm-hmm. And then, like, uh, I think one of the most important uh, teachers ever in like in my life. Uh, was a woman named Ima Johnson uh, from here in Six Nations, um, and like growing up in Go- in the Goanio program, uh, I think one of the important things she always taught me is uh, how important uh, the uh, you know the women are to our Haudenosaunee community and our Haudenosaunee culture. Uh, they carry a lot of power, like with like with like within our culture, and uh, like uh, another thing she had taught me was like. Um, that woman needs to like you know her duty was to know how to do all these things because uh if that man never came home or anything then it would be up to her to teach like Mm. her family and to pass on her knowledge so it's really important that they knew how to do all this stuff as well Uh, i think like i think i think i think that's kind of like uh I think that's kind of like where our women in the uh, Haudenosaunee uh, national program fit too. Is like that, like there there are some tremendous athletes within our culture, you know, like uh, female athletes as well, and uh, that have not been given that same opportunity as like some of our men that have been able to go off immediately. And and like uh, our national program has taken a hit because of it, and you know it's like it's 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 dwindled down, and sometimes it's not as strong as it could be. Uh, but like I think like now with all these uh, like all these girls like Dana Isaacs and Ali Jimerson uh, with uh, Jacelyn Lazor, uh, those are like some tremendous role models for uh, Indigenous girls in our community now. And uh, like uh, for them to see what they do and to go and play lacrosse at the top level, I think that's very inspiring to a lot of our uh, girls in our communities now. And I think that's something that. I uh, shouldn't continue to inspire them to, you know, reach those same goals, go off and get an education, uh, you know, uh, step into the limelight and showcase your ability. Like that's like that's something you know that wasn't really available to a lot of our people growing up, but now it's starting to change. And I think like especially with like like you know Brendan's played his part as well, like mm. uh, being an indigenous person and mm. going off and playing, uh, you know, at the highest level at Syracuse and at Denver. Mm. I think that's like you know. Like it really, it's a trickle down effect, like within our communities, to see that all these things are possible. To see that, like, uh, that you know, you can go off and do these things. You mentioned wooden sticks, which I was glad to see you mention because that's another part of what you put in the book as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't think many people understand, you know, what it takes to create a wooden stick and the process, and that's an art in itself, um, right? So it was great to see that you guys put that in there. Uh, especially around the, you know, at one point there was that controversy about, uh, you know, they weren't allowed to use wooden sticks, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, is that coming back now, do you think? Um, unfortunately, I don't think it, it is. I mm. think they're they're leaning towards kind of keeping them out. Um, mm. they, they still use them um, in, the, um, for, in the indoor games, like in the summer around mm. here for the goalies. But oh, yeah. you can still use them, but it's kind of, they have they have a negative connotation around them. Uh, you Why know, is I, that? Not 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 spiritually or anything like that. Just like in the sport of the cross itself, I think that 
you know, they're looked at as, you know, people don't, when people are using them, they don't really use them with the respect that they're supposed to be used with. Okay. So they're using them as, you know, weapons and those kind of uh, things, using them, abusing it really. Okay. And not respecting it. Right. So, you know, for me thinking about it, I think it's better that we have them out. Right. We don't put them in just so that, you know, they're, at least you're still being respected. They're not being abused. Right. And that right. part of the game isn't lost. So, you know, there's still, obviously there's still um, kids who grew up, and Six Nations that still use wooden sticks, and 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 that's still awesome. And mm-hmm. I think that you know it, it takes a lot a lot more skill definitely yeah. to use those those sticks. And and like you said, it's an art form in itself, and it definitely um, I guess a, a dying art form yeah. almost because yeah. you know there's not a lot of use for the sticks. But you know there's still some stick makers around that you know carry on those traditions, and yeah. they're still um, you know really prevalent in our in our in our history of our games and mm-hmm. those things and people still want them but you know like I said they're just not being used with respect that they're supposed to be yeah yeah and which which is sad but you know um you know hopefully that we can get to a place where um you know we we can find that yeah. and uh, do you guys get into the the difference between the box and and field lacrosse as well yeah, we tried to uh, we tried to uh, like you know we tried to touch on each of these aspects, especially mm-hmm. with the uh, the uh, PLL league as well coming in uh, and rules changing uh, within the field game. We tried to distinguish like the differences between the two, uh, and I like tried to pick up like where uh, how you know how they kind of uh, picked up in uh, uh, like different parts of the world. You know, like the indoor games like very prevalent in the in uh, Canadian like Canada. Mm. And the field game has been like mm. been well received in uh, the U.S. Yeah. and like it's very like starting to take off now, uh, and you're st- starting to see like lacrosse and media now, and you're starting to see like you know really becoming you know getting to that mainstream point. Well, that's yeah. something uh, we wanted to try and like you know because like they're two very two very different games, yeah. and they're, 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 they're almost you know I think Bomber can uh, uh, touch on that a little bit. Yeah, so I mean, we we try to to touch on it to kind of explain to you know, maybe readers that aren't very familiar with both games. So we try to you know kind of outline the rules and what, what's different about it and those types of things. Um, you know, for for me as a professional lacrosse player, you know, I, I one of the things that you know, I think lacrosse can do better as even, you know, within, you know, I play in like three different leagues and, and box cross and they all have three different rules mm. and regulations. So mm. like, you know, and, and when I look at that to a person that's just going to, you know, walk off the street and come into one of our games and they see one set of rules, then they go off the next night to see a different, you know, game. They might be seeing a completely different, right. you know, so that that's important. I think that we need to get to a, a point where, you know, those those rules all align with the same. Obviously, we're never going to get that with the difference between box and field. Yeah, but uh, they're two different sports, so you know, they're, and they're played at different times of the year. So it's it's easy for you know people to be fans of both and to be able to watch both at the same time. So you know, we try to outline you know different things and different nuances of the game and rules, and just so that people can kind of you know if they see it, they can recognize it. Be like, oh, all right, I see a six foot pole there. This is field across. This is played outdoor. I see that in the book. You know, different things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so obviously, guys, lacrosse was a big part of your your early lives as well because you were both involved with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was lucky enough, and I was very fortunate as a kid. And, uh, my uh, cousin uh, Dwayne Jacobs, he's in the Canadian Hall of Fame now. Um, he uh, was one of like 
uh, I remember going to all his games uh, throughout the 90s, and he was a, a offensive player for the Rochester Nighthawks at the time. Mm-hmm. And, like, my family would travel all over to watch him play and to support him uh, uh, throughout his career. And, like, I was able to, you know, go off to all these different places that, you know, <laughs> I would have never have dreamed of. And, like, to be able to take all that in at such a young age, like, that's, like, almost, you know, that's, that's very overwhelming. And, like, to... Uh, to go to these places to meet all these people, um, we were able to go. Like he was uh, uh, part of the uh, Six Nations Chiefs teams that won uh, three man cups uh, in the nineties. Uh, so we were able to go uh, go to BC, you know, meet all these people, uh, and then you know, some people I still have a relationship with today. I still mm-hmm. talk to with today. You know. So like yeah, I, I I would say I was very fortunate as a kid to be able to travel to all these places in the United States and yeah. around the world. You know, you, you know the other thing that you guys get into as well is is not just about the game, not just about the players. You you get into the refereeing as well and, and the importance <laughs> of the referees in the game. Yeah, I think that uh, it's definitely one of the most I would say the most important part of the game because without the referees, we don't have a game. Mm. And you know, for so long, I think they've taken a lot of abuse. Mm. Which you know it's sad. Um, I, I guess I can be. Uh, I'm guilty of it as well. <laughs> but you know, I, I definitely um, you know, I watched my brother become a referee and see the things he had to um, endure during a game, mm-hmm. and it completely changed my perspective and mm-hmm. how I you know treat refs during a game. And you know, I'm I'm, gl- I'm grateful for that. And I think that's something that you know, there's a lot of people that you know they might not have. I guess the skill to continue on playing, but you know, they, they still have that love for the game and they want to be involved. So I think that's a great way for them to, to be involved. So in, in our book, you know, we wanted to really kind of get their perspective and see, you know, what, you know, although they don't play, they're still involved in the game, what it meant to them mm. and, you know, that and what kind of medicine and what that was. And, you know, Brenner does a great job talking about, you know, his friend Frank Lawrence and his time refereeing and things that he, you know, that was his medicine. He didn't, he wasn't playing the game. He was refereeing it. And, mm. And how, like, you know, he had had to overcome such a, an, I guess, an injury or ailment. Um, and lacrosse brought him back and kind of lit that fire for him. And like, I keep saying it, but he wasn't playing, but he was refereeing. He yeah. was, like, yeah. you know what I mean? He could still be involved and not have to play the game. Yeah. And I, I saw one line from one of the refs who, who said that he credited uh, lacrosse with giving him uh, being able to at like seventy seven or something, being able to run like five k or something like that, right? Yeah, and Frank still refing. Uh, he uh, makes his way over to the Alisher Rescue Tournament every mm-hmm. year, and uh, he refs the whole tournament. And like, uh, yeah, pushing like you know uh, into his mid seventies now, he's still like uh, he's still a world of health. Like he, he could definitely pick it up and you know keep going another 10k if he wanted to mm. like he's in such a he's in such good shape right now mm. and like uh lacrosse has like really helped him to get there lacrosse has kept him close you know to uh uh you know or uh, refing lacrosse i guess has kept him close to the game that he loves and that you know continues to uh you know uplift his spirit mm. and so much so that uh, he goes over to Europe now to help train the referees over there in uh, the indoor game, uh, you know, something that hasn't, uh, you know, really picked up yet, but is, like, on its way. But, like, uh, being close to the game, uh, you describe it as that uh, that medicine, mm. uh, the, you know, that uplifting spirit. I think that's what, really what the game's all about. Right. Um, what, what did you guys learn from going through this process? 
<laughs> that takes a long time. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I just like, I wouldn't say I learned so much, but I guess I learned more about different people and just like, mm. just hearing the different stories and the, the impacts that the game had on these people that, mm. you know, if, if I didn't do this book, I would never, I would never heard of. Mm. And that was, that was the whole thing for me, like kind of getting these, these stories out to people that, you know, they're not hall of fame. They're not all hall of famers. They're not all big time lacrosse names, but you know, they have like these amazing stories that, you know, they kind of help them through their lives or different things like that. And, you know, to be able to kind of get that out to to people and, and for them to see that and, and hear these different things of how people, how this game affected them is, is, you know, is truly amazing. And one of the most rewarding parts about it. And I think that that's something, you know, I'll always cherish and I'll always remember about this project for sure. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And okay. I think, yeah, I think, I think, you, uh, I think you said it like wonderfully there. I, I, the, what I learned is like, all about these uh, different people uh, within the game of lacrosse who share, you know, so many similarities with my own life, how this game has affected them in their own lives and, you know, given them greater opportunity in their own lives. And, you know, that really that hits me because, like, lacrosse has given me so much in my mm-hmm. life that, like, you know, it's probably one of the important, most important things for me. Um, and, like, you know, uh, another thing I really learned is uh, about the women's game. You know, mm-hmm. I... I hadn't really dove into that as much, and you know, me being guilty, <laughs> uh, we went down to the uh, uh, World Women's Championships, and man, like, what a like, what a great game! Like, tremendous, tremendously fast, uh, so many great athletes, and that's something like you know, I took upon myself to learn a lot more about, uh, try to learn more of the uh, the players within the game. Uh, more and more the girls within our own communities that you know are excelling hmm. and lastly guys what do you hope this book will do what, what what are you what are you hoping for this project well first and foremost you know i hope that it will you know it'll interest people enough to kind of read it, especially if if um you know they they kind of struggle with reading and they don't you know they don't really find books that interesting that they aren't able to get in to kind of build you know, their literacy up, you know, I hope they're able to kind of do that with this book, that it really interests them and want them to continue reading to build that. Um, and lastly, I think just like, you know, just kind of, I think as a lacrosse person, you know, our, our hope is always to grow the game. Mm. So I hope that this can reach audiences that, you know, they aren't familiar with the game and they can kind of read this book, go through it, see all the amazing stories and get hooked on it. And want to go see a game, mm. and then they want to take their kids. They want to enroll their kids into a game, mm. and just kind of keep building up that fandom and keep keep growing this game as, as much as we can. Yeah, and uh, I also think um, I I really want uh, this book to be uh, for the lacrosse community. Uh, mm. You know, as a celebration about lacrosse. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I think uh, it was going through my head last night of just how many amazing quotes are within this book. Uh, that you know, um, me going to school—that's something I could have used like ten, uh, like uh, ten yeah. years ago. You know, some of these quotes within this book. Um, I also want to like think that uh, not only um, you know, not only uh, don't want uh, people to feel encouraged to read. I also want uh, people to, you know, be encouraged to learn about lacrosse's history. 
because like I said, it hasn't been so mainstream, you know, that so many of the stories and so many of these uh, experiences have been lost just like along the way, uh, just, uh, and they haven't been shared, you know, like in a, like, like, you know, to the extent that the book can be. Um, so I really want to, uh, like, I really want to share these people's stories within the game and to, like for people to really realize just how like special this game is to so many people. I'm glad you said that uh, comment about, uh, I guess, education mm-hmm. and, and about how the quotes you could have used some time <laughs> ago uh, when you're going through school or at a younger age, um, which were, which brings me back to a question. What, what, who do you think the audience is at what range uh, of, of, you know, age do you think this is, might be appropriate to be introduced to? Um, you know, I, I Obviously, to read it yourself, I would say maybe like 12, I guess, 12 mm. and up. But, mm. you know, there's been some interest for us to, you know, kind of read to younger yeah. younger classrooms yeah. and read these stories to kind of, um, you know, we've had some interest yeah. of people asking through, um, you know, their social studies classes or different things like that to yeah. be able to kind of use these stories to kind of teach the traditions and the culture of our people. And that's what's important. So, you know, we're looking to kind of do that more and you know, hopefully we can get a little more, um, um, a little more traction on that. I know there's been a few, but you know, hopefully we can kind of do that for the young generations. And you know, those are, you know, the people that we're doing those for are, you know, they're not necessarily lacrosse fans or in the lacrosse markets, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Um, so you know, hopefully we can kind of build up that fandom, like I was talking about before. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and saying that too, I think uh, uh, within the book, I think there's like a lot many articles even tailored to different reading levels and. Uh, I think that's what was one of our goals as well. You know, being this being a, a, a you know a literary book, we want to you know provide different levels for people to be interested in and to t- take on these you know readings. You know, they're at different levels, but if they're interesting to you, then like you know you'll 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 put you, you know you'll almost take the effort to you know try and try your best to learn how to read that. You know, mm. you, you know that that brings up yet another point about the benefit <laughs> of this book. Because, like you said, maybe 12, they might be able to start reading this on their own. But like you said, a younger audience could still benefit from having this this read to them. And it certainly is accessible in the way that it's written mm-hmm. that someone could read it. And then that would be a double benefit. One, someone is reading, right? Exactly. So they're getting exposed to the literary side of this and, and, uh, and picking that up. But they're also sharing it, which is more oral. Mm-hmm. And, go, and that's more of the oral tradition being shared, but also the younger audience is being exposed to it as well. Mm-hmm. So there's like a, a triple benefit right around <laughs> to that, right? Exactly, yeah. I mean, this, I think the possibilities for the book is, are endless. Yeah. You know, so, you know, the best, um, you know, if there's any kind of use for it and people are using it, then, you know, that then I guess we've done our job to kind of, <laughs> you know, help them out in any way possible. So lastly, guys, how is the book going to be accessible to people? Um, like, uh, what we're tr- it's a little difficult right now with COVID, yeah. obviously, you know, yeah, like yeah. we would be in a perfect world, we'd be out kind of promoting the book, yes. uh, uh, you know, going to book fairs and doing yep. those kind of things. Yep. But right now it's just available on our, on our stores, um, on onlc.ca under okay. the online store. Mm-hmm. And it's called a Gwajali Goa, my big family. Um, it's also available at some, um, some retailers, I believe, like Good Minds in Bramford. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, ILA Sports. ILA and Sports. Six Nations. Okay. Six Nations. Yeah. Uh, Sanderson's Source for Sports yep. in uh, Orangeville. Um, 
Lax Coach Locker uh, mm. in the Kitchener-Waterloo area. Uh, and then uh, also uh, a couple of uh, lacrosse programs are also uh, selling their books in different areas as well. Um, so, like, and that's our goal for, yeah. you know, the upcoming goal now is to try and, you know, extend our reach with this yeah. book, to, uh, you know, uh, give a, you know, provide area, a space for people to uh, read this book in, like, you know, yeah. uh, these other, con- like, these yeah. other countries that yeah. it's now, like, the, you know, the, the you know, have been involved in this book and then i think that's like but with the world championships now like being moved on to the next year i think Mm -hmm. that's like you know that's going to be our 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 big mission in the upcoming year yeah and i guess uh, you know as as you say once things open up again uh going to uh some of the competitions setting up a booth right sharing it that way being able to sell it uh, directly to an audience that's that's there directly related and interested Mm -hmm. in lacrosse Mm -hmm. Well done, guys. What a great project. I, I, honestly, uh, you know, congratulations. Uh, please remember to, you know, get a hold of me and, and let's uh, let's keep this conversation going. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. Thank you much for having us. It was a lot of fun. Oh, my pleasure, man. And, and congratulations once again to, to both of you, as well as to the Ontario uh, Native Literacy uh, uh, Coalition for, for getting this going as well, right? Appreciate it. Michelle. So, yeah. uh, Goa and, and much appreciated. Uh, all right, they're the voices of uh, uh, Brenner Jacobs and uh, Brendan Bombery, and they are the authors of My Big Family. That's the name of this book on lacrosse, and 400 pages, and it goes into every aspect, everything we've been talking about, the in-depth look at uh, the history of lacrosse, uh, right into the, the cultural beginning. And uh, you said it was on the, the website. You could People can access it through the uh, the Ontario Native Literacy Coalition website. Yes, onlc.ca. Yeah. And you can also find it at Good Minds in Brantford, Ontario. If you look up Good Minds, you can probably find it there. Uh, well worth checking out, folks. And it's been a pleasure to have uh, Brenner and uh, Brendan on the show today talking about this. And thank you to our listeners for listening to Moment of Truth each and every day. I'm your host, David Moses, and we'll see you again later. This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM.